dad bod rap bod welcome to the show um i am sitting here with nate what's up nate i'm good what's going on with you david ma this is how we normally talk (laughs) where we say each other's names (laughs) so that people know who we are i'm chilling man i'm chilling it's monday i'm staring at the spot where our other co-host typically sits that's damone damone has the flu everybody send well wishes on twitter (laughs) at life after hip-hop Hope you're feeling. Hope you're feeling better, man. Yeah, hopefully he uh, is going to be life after this flu. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, um, it's kind of a bummer because he wasn't able to make our upcoming interview, which we're really stoked about. That it's we a just completed tight interview. I know, I know. And you know, the, these guys are sort of of the moment. But again, they've always been here. Um, it's going back all the way to the listening, as well as uh, the minstrel show. Yeah, I mean, and uh, so we're talking about little brother. Um, yep. Rapper Big Poo and Fonte um, were generous with their time to call in. Totally. Um, they have their new record out. I remember first hearing about Little Brother because they had their first 12 inches on ABB, mm, which right. was a Berkeley-based um, underground hip-hop label. And um, Benny B from ABB, that's a lot of Bs, <laughs> also, I don't know if discovered is the right term, but first put out Dilated Peoples. Right, right. So they were like one of the main underground hip-hop labels, especially from the Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember being like, who are these guys? Right. And it was, he, they, I kind of got um, Pooh to tell the story, so you guys will hear a little bit about it. It's basically like an early um, internet A&R right. kind of tale um, that's pretty interesting, but... Yeah, man, little brother. Um, yeah, it's re- really interesting. I mean, um, we didn't really touch on Ninth Wonder at all. I mean, there's been a lot of sort of weird attention uh, attached to that. But, I mean, to me, the new record is just dope. You know, I'm not listening to it wishing where Ninth Wonder is. No. No def- diss to him. No, not at all. It's just it is what it is. Everyone's working on the projects that they're working on now. Right. I, to me, they're they're a prominent act from both the time when I was younger and they really masterfully right. have grown into their roles as kind of like older cats. Right. Um, Fonte's album from last year, No News is Good News, kind of we talked about it a bunch. It's mm-hmm. like it's like such a dad bod rap pod it album. Is. It is. Um, they talk about like health right. and like taking care of yourself and changing your diet and like losing your parents which is Mm -hmm, something that mm -hmm, a lot of our mm -hmm. friends have had to deal with and we're all going to have to deal with someday right right. so um i think they're they're really on brand for us and we were really lucky to be able to land this interview um and i think (laughs) you guys are just going to see uh fonte is so cool he's so cool man and so cool i mean he's uh, just so much uh personality and you can sort of see why both of them uh both of uh their dynamics work together Totally. Um, so sad that Damone is not here, but we're really excited about this interview, and I think we're just going to let her rip. Yep, that's right. Little Brother on Dad Bod Rap Pod. Check it out. Dad Bod Rap Pod. We today have a very special guest. It's Little Brother, um, as you know from the Minstrel Show, as well as their new awesome project. Um, we have interviews with both of the rappers. So first up, we got Pooh in the house. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you guys have been doing a, a big press run, getting the word out. You've been on all the podcasts. You've had some really good interviews. Um, can you talk about um, kind of what's the new project about and, like, why now? Um, the new project, man, is just about, for us, man, it's just about brotherhood. It's about good energy. It's about, um, you know, showing that even at this age, you can, you still have a lot to talk about and not necessarily, you you know, having to appeal to a younger audience. Mm -hmm. Like you can age gracefully in hip hop. Um, that's what, you know, that's, that's, you know, just the perspective of, you know, our perspective at this age, you know, our time in the industry, our time as men, just the mature, you know, maturity, the growth, just showing those different things. And and uh, why now, I believe now was the perfect time for us, being that we're both, we were both still, you know, very much involved in, in making music, you know, in our own past. And also... It was the perfect time for us just to come together and rewrite the what was the ending of the little brother story. You know mm. what I'm saying? We we can do it the way we really want to do it. Uh, the the last time we left, the people was left back, and that was that was that was more of a contractual obligated mm. fulfillment, and and the energy wasn't good surrounding that as far as our you know how we was feeling about each other. So. Um, this this allowed us a redo. Not often a chance you get a second chance and you get a redo, and this this allowed us that second chance and that redo. So that's that's why this was the perfect time. Okay, okay, perfect, man. You know, um, I want to quickly uh, you quickly touched on um, aging gracefully in hip hop, and I saw on your Twitter that you're uh, talking about your detox day number eight. <laughs> yeah, man, day number eight, man. I, I... What are you eating, or what are more to the point? Today. What are you not eating? Right, right. How's that going, man? I, I, I think it'll be easier to tell you what I am eating because it's not much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I went to my uh, my natural holistic doctor and um, started this detox. It's, you can do ten days, you can do twenty one days, you can do thirty days. I opted for ten days because I knew I'd be home for, for at least ten days. And um, you just drink these two supplement shakes every day. And you're allowed to eat veggies, obviously all the veggies you want, raw, either raw, half raw, half cooked, and cooked by steamed or um, roasted, not wow. sautéed. Yeah. So, um, so you get all the veggies you want. You can do a little bit of brown rice or or lentils. They prefer lentils. I prefer brown rice. <laughs> uh, obviously, you can do fruit. Um, but you only can eat like a quarter of the amount of fruit to veggies. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you're eating, you know, so that's that's how much fruit you can eat. Yeah. And drink water, man. And some, and you can do herbal tea. Wow. No, okay. no sweetener. <laughs> just, just herbal tea. So, so that's that's me, man. That's, how do you feel? Do you doing. feel clear? Uh, yeah, you definitely feel. You, know, I feel better. Um, I, I definitely feel better. I don't, I don't have them dips during the day. That make you, you know, after you eat something or just halfway through the day, you want to go take a nap or go to sleep. Right. Like, I don't have those moments. Like, when I'm up, I'm up. Mm. And uh, definitely, for the most part, that's I just went crazy with the veggies and brown rice. Like, you feel lighter even after you eat. Like, you just eat. 
enough to be full and not be stuffed. Yeah. And and so it, te- it teaches you that. And you start clearing out, man, drinking all that water and then vegetables, a lot of the vegetables you eat are filled with water. Some of the fruits you eat filled with water. So you just start clearing out, man. So I do a lot of pissing. <laughs> nice um let's take it back to the music um we're from the bay area and we were big underground hip-hop heads so we kind of followed the abb record story can you talk to us a little bit about that that very beginning and how how that all came together yeah man um so funny because i was just telling the story earlier we uh i i wouldn't say that we were at the front of the the get signed off the internet era, but we were one of the first. Mm-hmm. Um, we, back then it wasn't, it was MySpace wasn't even popping yet. So it was just like message boards and AOL chat rooms. And so we were on the message board, ended up meeting this cat, sent him some songs that we did just so we could get an unbiased opinion mm. on what we were creating. And, um, and so he, he ended up taking the songs and putting them up on his site, which ended up bleeding back to the message board, hmm. which, you know, we were ready to drive to New York and fight him. <laughs> that was the time where, you know, leaking was, was a no-no, was yeah. taboo. So, but, but because of that, a guy in the Bay, Ian Davis, who was working for ABB, ended up hearing the songs and he got in touch with somebody he knew in North Carolina, a DJ, and that DJ put him in touch with us, and that's how we ended up signing the ABB Records. Um, and I don't, I, I'm not saying we were the first to do that because I don't know, but that was the first time I knew anybody getting signed via the internet. Yeah. Like we had never met them, never done business with them. I had never even heard of ABB Records until they reached out. And so that was that. That's cool. Um, wh- how old were you and Fonte? Like, were you guys in college or like how, how like what? Where were you guys in your life when that started popping? Um, I was in college, man. That was that was two thousand two, I believe. Mm. Yeah, two thousand two. I was twenty two yeah. years old. Yeah, same. I'm still, oh, in, man. I'm same. still in college. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I, I took some time off from school and ended up going back to school. And I was only in school for like part of a semester before I dropped out of school finally. Gotcha. But 2002, yeah, I was 22. <laughs> hey man, um, the response to uh, "Made the Lord Watch" has been has been really really positive. But I wanted to take it full circle. Um, can you? What do you remember about the making of the listening as well as the minstrel show? Um, making the listening, man. That was just the time for me. That was the time. Of- of, of learning man like mm. uh it, it was it was real it was it was easy in in the sense of there was no pressure there was no expectations it was just us and people we knew going to my man says comanche crib who had the studio in his crib and we would just be in the room all of us in the room together and creating writing records uh, recording the records, having to tell everybody to be quiet while we were recording, and 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 for me that was me just really learning how to put an album together, mm-hmm. uh, seeing it done in real time, and and it was a fun time, man. Like like I said, I, I learned a lot, and just 
being able to record in obscurity, man, was was, was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, when it when it came to the minstrel show, that's when expectations came, mm. and while we still weren't like huge or you know the name wasn't super nationally known, it still was certain expectations that that were being heaped upon us, and then we ended up signing to Atlantic in the midst of working on the mystery show, mm. which, you know, further expectations. Yeah, raise the stakes and one a of those bit. Expe- Yeah, one of those expectations was showing that we, we could sign to a major label and still make the type of hip-hop we wanted to make. Mm. Uh, and, and just being real adamant in that, like with the label, with, with anybody who, who asked about it, like just, just showing them like, nah, we doing this the way we want to do it and and you know for all you know for all the things people say about major labels man the one thing i can say about atlantic at that time was they allowed us to put out the record we wanted to put out mm. with the title we wanted mm-hmm. the date we wanted mm. and and they let us go man now uh-huh. they didn't they didn't throw they they didn't throw, throw the full support and the weight of the label behind it, but <laughs> you can have one or the other. <laughs> yeah, they 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 let us run, man. So um, so yeah, that was that was the mystery show, man. It was it was definitely different for the mystery show. It was it was mm. it was more expectations outside, inside, and the stakes were definitely higher. Okay, word word. Are you the kind of person who enjoys touring and performing live? Or I guess those are not the the two exact same thing. But I think I get what you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I I enjoy performing live. Uh, touring can be a grind. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's different now that I'm older. When I was young, you know, in my twenties, my mid twenties, I'm like, shit, I'm I can be out every day. I don't have to come home at all. But you know, at the, at the tender age of thirty nine, <laughs> and and you know, with with a, with a wife at home and and just being a homebody, man, like. I don't like to be out there long now. Um, <laughs> I, I can. I, I went out with my artist, I managed, man, I, and we did three weeks first, and I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. Then we ended up going back out a couple months later and doing six weeks, and by that third week mark, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go home. Like, <laughs> this, this, the, 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 the grind of being out on the road is definitely different, man. Like it's, it's that that way of living is just not conducive to to how I like to live now. Yeah. I, I do what I need to do. Make no mistake. I get done when I need to get done. But for sure. I definitely would prefer not to be out for a lengthy amount of time <laughs> at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, are you still based in North Carolina? I am. I'm based in Charlotte. Gotcha. Um, does that kind of – can you do, like, the long weekend kind of tours? Or, like, can you reach enough markets um, to, like, be able to make it work with the new record? Or are you planning to? But that's that's what we doing, man. We weekend warriors. Yeah. Um, mm. Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Uh, like if if you go look at our dates, how they're set up, it's, it's all Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. And you know that was just for multiple reasons, man. Um, you know myself, Fonte, like we're extremely busy outside of Little Brother. We have other things going on. Sure. And then, um, and then just just being the age we are, like you know, Fonte has kids and a um, couple of couple other people in the touring party have kids so they got to do carpool line you know just the daily life of you know being a dad and 
it doesn't make sense to be out for, you know, six weeks at a time. Yeah. So we, we just decided to be weekend warriors for this run and it's going to take us longer. So it's stretched out further, which right. actually helps us. Yeah. Um, it, it allows us to work the record longer, but that just means for some cities, you may have to wait to 2020 to see little brother, but right. we're coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just, it's just going to take us some time. Gotcha. Um, kind of a left field question, but I like to ask it of everyone we have on the show. Uh, what, what kind of music do you listen to? Like, do you listen to a lot of hip hop or are you a soul guy or like, what's your rotation these days? Uh, I'm actually a sports talk (laughs) radio guy. That's Um, that's very real. Yeah. That's, that's about 90% of my listening. Um, (laughs) if, if I'm in the car, uh, but other than that, I, I do a little hip hop. I do a little soul. Um, I do a little funk. Like I, I'm all over the all over the board. Gotcha. Um, I don't get I don't get into the pop world like that. I don't get into the EDM world. I mean, EDM just feels like something you only really need to listen to if you're high in the club yeah. at you know one in the morning. But uh, definitely a little soul, little funk, little hip hop, little R and B, and and you know every now and again I throw a little rock in there. But that's, that's <laughs> probably about my rotation. Perfect, man. Yo, well, we just want to thank you for your time, man. Uh, we're about to talk to Fonte next. So, um, again, everybody check out the new album. And um, Big Pooh, we just want to say thank you, man. We're big fans. Man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Peace. 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 You know, I want to start off with something that might be a little bit cliche, but I I, I read a, di- a few different versions online. Um, the the origin of Little Brother is that a, a Native Tongues um, reference? Uh, no, it's, it's not a it's not a Native Tongues got reference. It, got it. it was, yeah, it was um it it was just we literally wrote down a bunch of names on a piece of paper. Okay, and you know we wrote down like you know our contemporaries at the time. You mm. know we wrote down like. The roots, most deaf, common, you know, on a sheet of paper. And we were like, okay, what's the name that would look good in this uh, in this group of names? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. What name most sounds like it would be affiliated with this group of people? Mm. And um, Little Brother was just the one that stuck out. And okay. we were like, all right, you know what? That's it. Like, that's that's what we roll with. So then later, you know, we came with the with the idea that, you know, we're like the little brothers of all the cats that we grew up listening to. But uh, it really was just uh, we wanted something that looked good in the context of our contemporaries. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, we definitely want to get into the new record and your reunion with Big Pooh, who we were just lucky enough to talk to as well. But um, I, if we can go back to last year, I would love to talk about No News is Good News. Oh, sure, man. Thank um, you, sure. Incredible record. Um, one of my mm-hmm. top records of the year last year. And, like, our, our show is kind of about older hip-hop heads and, um, like, how to stay relevant and to keep appreciating the music. And you're, the way that you constructed the album just really spoke to us. So I just kind of want to thank you while I have you on the phone here for making such a beautiful record and also kind of talk to you about, like, did the themes from that 
carry through to this new work and is it just kind of who you are as a person or just like what what what's the vibe you're working on um i, I think for for no news uh no news was a, a a record that was it was mournful in a lot of ways uh just because i was you know it was just a lot of death that had happened and mm-hmm. you know i was just you know, it was a lot of yeah. It was, it was a lot of it was a lot of deaths that it happened around that time. Just from the time I started it, you know, to the time I finished it, you know, um, I had a lot of losses. So, um, in a lot of ways, I think no news was, you know, it was a meditation on death in a lot of ways and kind of your mortality. But um, you know, made the Lord watch is a celebration of life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so to to me, it's they're, they're bookends in one way where, you know, no news kind of represents the dark, the darkness <laughs> and, sure. and, uh, and, uh, and, and make Lord watch in a lot of ways is, is light, you know, and just making it out of that dark place and kind of, you know, pushing through and, and coming out of it. So, uh, that was just kind of the, the plan. And, and when me and Pooh were working on this record, I had a very, we had very specific ideas that, you know, we wanted a, a record that felt good and songs that we would have a good time performing. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no news was the exact opposite. No news was a record that I knew going in. I was like, I'm not touring this. I don't mm. want to tour. I don't want to leave my house. This is not Fonte, the, the solo career kickoff. Like, right. I don't, I don't care about none of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just got, you know, songs and ideas and things I want to express. And once I get them out, that's the end of it. Okay. So, right on, um, right so, on. so it was constructed in that way. It was a record that's, to me, it's really meant to just be listened to, um, if not privately per se, but mm. just, you know, it's meant to be listened to, you know, just kind of mm. in intimate spaces, you know sure. what I'm saying? Um, versus, I think, maybe the Lord Watch is, is bigger, it's brighter, and it's, you know, you could listen to it in public spaces or, you know, in it's, it's more festive in a lot of ways. So that was kind of the uh, that that was the mentality in, in recording. them. Right on, man. You know, we uh, were lucky enough to speak to uh, Pooh recently um, about the making of the minstrel show. And I wanted to sort of bring it back a little bit. Um, when when you look back to the minstrel show, what what strikes you? Man, I think what strikes me the most about that is that we were crazy enough to think that shit was going to work on a major label. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just saying uh, the label let you guys run with it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was a big gamble that, you know, it didn't pay off in the short game. The right. short term mm, didn't right. pay off. But certainly in the long run, it paid dividends and continues to pay dividends in our careers. And it really, I think it just earned us, um, it earned us a lot of respect. And it earned us, you know, just for us to come out on a major label and to make that record at a time when we could have played it safe. We could have just said, okay, we'll just work with you know, whoever the hot producers are right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And let's just, let's work with I don't know will I am and Polo to Don and you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. we could have easily have have done that but um you know instead we stuck with our guns and, and that was just the whole point if nothing else uh it, for me in like putting it together that was my whole 
idea. I, I was just like, man, we cannot, we got to keep our credibility intact. Because mm-hmm. I was just thinking as a fan, and it's like, okay, if, if I was a fan of this band and they put out this amazing record on the indie label, and then I hear they signed to a major label, the first thing in my mind is, oh, shit, it's over. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Especially like, just at as a that fan, time. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, this shit is, it's, they about to, they signed to Atlantic, Atlantic's about to fuck this up. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, so, so my whole thought was, more than anything else, we have to show our fans that we can still do us on a major label and we're not going to let a major label deal compromise us. Mm. You know, um, I think I think probably the closest, the modern day equivalent to that would be the Bandana album, the, the yeah. Gibbs and Matt mm. joint. Like yeah. that was, you know, the first record was them doing indie. And then, you know, you hear, I was like, oh shit, this is on RCA, like what? And then you hear the album and, that shit sound like it could have came out on Stone. So. Yeah, it's them. <laughs> yeah. So, and, I, and, I, and yeah, and that's important. You know, you have to right. you have to maintain that that integrity. You have to maintain. Um, you know, I think you have to maintain your fans' trust because once you lose it, man, it's hard to get that shit back. Yes, so, it is. I never wanted to put out some shit that would make people lose faith in my ability to to perform. As an independent act, were you guys suspicious when the label started coming around? Can you talk us through a little bit of like how the meetings went and were you guys getting taken out to dinner or was it that, that time kind of over already? Like how'd that yeah. go down? Yeah, we had the whole the whole what I call the new pussy experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, you know, they it's new pussy in the room. Everybody is, you know, <laughs> Jumping up and down, and you know, taking they 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 want to entertain the new pussy. You know, we, <laughs> you know, we we had that. Uh, yeah, we we had it where you know, I mean, we had a meeting with um, we had a couple of meetings. I mean, we had a meeting. I remember me particularly had a meeting with Tom Wally at uh at, at Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and he just it was the weirdest thing, which is funny now because his son Ryan runs uh, Loma Vista and um, recordings and me and him like we've worked together and like we've been in contact just for a band that he has on his uh, on that label called uh, Injury Reserve mm-hmm. and so so it's it's been kind of funny to see it kind of come full circle but you know but Ryan is like it's super cool and you know we'll we'll just shout each other out time time but um but yeah but back then I mean this is like 2002 I want to say you know, we had a meeting. Two, what was that? It was like 2003. We had a meeting at um at uh at, at Warner, and Tom Wally comes in, and you know he's like, yeah, so guys, so the way he talks is just is the most funny shit ever. But you know, he's just talking kind of about himself, and I'm just like, <laughs> like nigga, I get it, okay. <laughs> so he's just talking. He's like, you know, I, I I let artists do them, you know. So you know, I have this. There's this singer I have named Seal. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude. And that was when I knew I, I didn't, I couldn't take it personally. That's when I just realized that people were not as, maybe they weren't accustomed to just dealing with rappers who were music nerds and not right. just kind of nerds, you know what I mean? Right. But right. he's like, hey, you know, I have this singer, Seal. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. Yeah, we know who Seal is. Role, <laughs> Yeah, Kiss from a Roll sold like seven million records, nigga. I know who this nigga is. So, so, so I'm sitting there. You have to see an Seal, and you know he did a record, and 
you know, he he wasn't he did one with one producer, but it wasn't really working. So, you know, I put him back with his original producer and I'm like, I said, Yeah, you know, Trevor Horn. Oh yeah, Trevor, Trevor Horn, Trevor Horn. And you know, and, and yeah, he's working with him and, and they've done a great new thing and I'm gonna play it for you. So this nigga goes and puts on the seal single and at the time it was so it was the seal album from two thousand four. Uh, it was just called Seal Four, but right. the single was the Get It Together joint, right? Which is like a, a this gorgeous song. It was Seal. It was their take on kind of the the Philly international sound. It was like mm-hmm. this. It was Strings this uh, four and, to the floor kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, and um and yeah, and I mean, it, but it was a beautiful song. And he put that shit on, and that shit was cranked the fuck up. He was playing it all loud and shit. And I mean, it sounded great, but I was just like, okay, dog. What the fuck do Seal got to do with Little Brother? <laughs> Are we gonna seal this deal or what? <laughs> right, we yeah, did. Like, what, what, what we talk about? But it was funny. I mean, it was a fun experience, and you know, we chopped up whatever. And that was cool, and and then we ended up having a meeting with um, we had a meeting with Jive shortly after that, and we was in a meeting uh, with Jive, and I'll never forget it because uh, Chris Lighty was there, mm, okay. and. Um, you know, Chris Lighty, you know, God God rest his soul, man. Yeah. But, you know, he was there. And I really liked Jive. I mean, would it have worked out for us in the long run? I mean, I don't know. But right. I really liked them. That was I really, like I Britney really Spears liked them. era Jive, right? Yeah, it was. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, let's get that instant collab popping, nigga. Get this shit on. <laughs> but, but, yeah, they were, um, they were cool. And the thing I liked about them is that, you know, they would, they shot straight. And so... We were in, uh, we were in the meeting. I remember one of the DJs was there, uh, DJ Wayne Williams, who's he's one of the chosen few DJs out of Chicago. He's like legendary house, you know, DJ. You know, like he's the OG in the game, super respected. And uh, you know, Wayne Williams was in there, and he's in there, and and you know, my our manager at the time, he asked him. He said, "Well, man, what comes to your mind when you think of Warner Brothers?" And Wayne just without us pause was like, "Wax." He's like, "Wax." <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like whack. They just they's whack. He said, wow. you know, as a DJ, he said, as a DJ, you know, I just always knew Warner Brothers. Like if I if I saw their records, like leave it in the crate. I just knew it was gonna be some bullshit. Yeah, yeah I leave it in the crate. <laughs> and the thing was that resonated to me as a music fan because it was the same thing. Because Warner for a long time, you know, Warner for a, a minute, you know, after like that whole cop killer shit, like right. they mm. specifically right. got out of black music. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Days was like, yo, look, we ain't fucking with this shit. Nigga, we had Prince. Fuck this. Like, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, so they they got out. And so when they tried to get back in, they had these groups that they would try to put out. They would try to kind of dip their toe in hip-hop. But all the shit they would put out, that shit was garbage, nigga. So <laughs> I respected him for just keeping the house. Like, yo, that's real. Because Warner do be putting out some bullshit hip-hop. Yeah. They don't know that shit be hot. And so it was kind of that, and um, and and Chris Lighty was in there, and we was talking, and you know, and I I never forget the conversation we had. It was just another one of those things where again, they're not thinking that we're music nerds, so so um, or they didn't think I'm a music nerd rather. So uh, Chris is talking, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you know," he said, "You know, because I had this group." Uh, he, he was like, "You know, my whole thing with Fifty Cent." He said, "You know, he's I like to let artists, you know, be them." He said. My whole thing with 50 Cent was, uh, you know, get ready to root for the bad guy. I was like, yeah. I said, it's like the movie Payback, Mel Gibbs. He's like, yo, I like this guy. I like this guy. Yes, that's it. I like this guy. I was like, yeah, man. I said, yeah, get ready. I was like, yeah, the, the Payback shit. He was like, yeah, that was my whole thing with 50. I wanted 
you know, to make him the villain and like position mm-hmm. him in that way and, you know, make root for him. And so, you know, he was just kind of talking like RC worked with. And he said, you know, man, he said, you know, I went through it with uh, with at Def Jam. He said, I came out of the Mr. Smith album with, um, you know, I you know, I was on top of the world. Like I was the prince of Def Jam. Right. I had sold, you know, all these millions of records. I brought L back with Mr. Smith in 95. He said, so now, you know, they let me shake and move and do what I wanted to do. So the first thing I did was I signed, you know, this 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 record called Crew. I said, yeah, Crew, Dirty 30. I love that album. I love that record. Yo, I, I, I like this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> I like this guy. Yo, I said, yeah, Pronto, all that shit. I said, nigga, I love that rap. And I'll never forget, he said, man, he said, man, yeah, I love that record too. But it didn't sell. Right. He said it didn't move. And he said, you know, sometimes it can be something that you love, but it still doesn't go anywhere. And mm. those were famous fucking last words, if there ever was. Right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. But, you know, we talked and like we ended up going out. His brother ended up taking us out. We went to some spot. Some like seafood spot. I ordered lobster, never having <laughs> ate lobster in my fucking life. Hey, you, know what you, mean? Did, you took advantage of it, dude. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. The I'm moment. like, give me the lobster. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't even have like the lobster was fucking like, I mean, and it wasn't like the pre crack lobster, like like lobster and mac and cheese where you just eat the lobster. Right. No, nigga. They brought out a whole ass <laughs> goddamn lobster, nigga. I'm like, what the fuck I'm supposed to do with this shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> so. But yeah, man, we definitely had the circuit and, you know, we ran the rounds and we just eventually ended up with Atlantic because um, we were signed at the time we were signed to ABB through uh, we were signed to ABB. And so they had a hand in where we wanted to go. Okay. I mean, it really it ultimately wasn't our call, but I mean, it was, you know, but we we met with the other labels and um, Atlantic at the time. It seemed like it would be a good fit. And for all intents and purposes, I mean, I can't, I really can't say nothing bad about Atlantic. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they let us put out the record that we wanted to put out, and um, you know, we did what we did, man. So nice. you know, it, it was it was a learning experience. Nice, man. Nice. Um, you know, earlier you had mentioned uh, integrity in your music, and you know, I th- uh, since I have your ear, can you talk a little bit about your writing process? Because I think your music has a lot of integrity. The rhymes have a lot of introspection and just life's growing pains and whatnot. Um, can you walk us through that process a little bit? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess my writing process, it was, uh, when I, I learned this, uh, through my, through working with the breaks, when I was writing rhymes for the breaks on VH1 mm. a couple years back. Okay. Uh, it was, it was a series that, um, I was, it was a series, of, it was a fictional scripted series that was set in New York. And, uh, you know, I was just, uh, I was writing rhymes for all the characters, you know, in okay. the joint. And so um, the one of the producers on it, uh, my, my good friend, Dan Charnas, yes, of he, course. he he was like, yeah, man, he's, you know, Ponte, you know, man, so you're, 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 you're a, you're a nonlinear writer. And I, cause I was kind of telling my price, like, oh yeah. Said, oh yeah. You're, you're, you're a nonlinear writer. And I was like, oh, I've never thought of it like that. So for me, um, the the it's very sporadic like i may just come up with a string of words to rhyme and it might just come to me and i'll just jot it down in my notes app or whatever or you know i may have you know i'm come up with like a a a couplet or like four bars of Mm -hmm. just rhyme that you know i think is dope or a dope 
punchline or something, you know what I mean? And I'll mm-hmm. just do it. So I just have just kind of all these ideas that are scattered and then I give, I contextualize them later. Mm, so okay. you see what I mean? So it's like, it, it I'm, I, you know, if I, if I sit down and I say, okay, we're going to write a song about, uh, I don't know, we're going to write a song about going to the grocery store. Right. So I go through my notes and I'll just sit down and I'll see, okay, which one of these random ideas or these random couplets or just these random stream of rhyming words, which one lends itself best to a rhyme about going to the grocery store? Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. And then, so you're doing a and puzzle. Then I'll just, yeah, it's, that is exactly what it is. It is like doing, like I've been, I'm the best word pseudoku player ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that shit. That, that has been my career. I've been found out. You got me. I'm just... I've been doing, I've been successfully doing crossword puzzles, feeding <laughs> my family off crossword puzzles that rhyme right. for the last fucking almost 20 years. That's what Pretty it is. Pretty impressive. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so can you just kind of tell us about the new record? Like who, why now? Um, what's the, what's it about? You touched on it a little bit, but if right. we can just kind of bring it back to like, let's, let's sell it a little bit. Who? What little brother is back and like why now um i think for us right now it just felt right mm-hmm. you know it just it just it just felt like the right time um you know um me and Pooh, we were never you know the, the funny thing about a career is that you never have you, you only have a very few small amount of people that um that follow everything you do you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like you, you only have a small amount of people that follow everything you do. Most people, they'll follow you to a point and then either they'll lose interest or, you know, you'll make a detour in your career and they just kind of fall off the train and then they just kind of vanish. So for for us, you know, me and Pooh have been working consecutively, like, you know, we and consistently. Like we mm-hmm. never we never stopped. And so uh when it came time for us to do this record who had just finished who was in the process of wrapping up his uh last solo album rpm with uh with uh, my man focus who ended up doing three tracks on our album and i had just i was fresh off the release of no news is good news so you know he no news is good news i wrapped up in like March of 2018, and we started work on Middle or Watch in October of 2018. Gotcha. Mm. Um, and then Pooh, you know, he was literally wrapping up the last parts of RPM, uh, you know, uh, at the end of it, at the, when we started Middle or Watch. So, I mean, we were still in fighting shape, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, so when people hear it and they was like, oh man, it's like, Y'all came back nine years later. It's like y'all never took a day off, nigga, because we didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, nigga, I've been working, I've been working consistently for the past. Like, you know, if it's it, it's just it's just people don't always follow everything you do. So it's like, dude, I've been doing voiceovers and I've been doing cartoons and Sesame Street and I've been doing, you know, I've been writing albums. I've been writing for you know, producing and I've been, you know, writing for TV and doing rounds with that. So the muscle has been sharpened. It's just mm-hmm. if people are into little brother and you stop doing little brother, right. Then you basically cease to exist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So it's like us coming back, you know, we had the show, but I was like, listen, I know you haven't heard this. Un- you haven't heard us under this umbrella in a while, mm-hmm. but, uh, but man, we, you know, we, we still active. And so I think it was just a culmination of that. It was a culmination of just still being, you know, in fighting shape and more importantly, just still having something to say, you know, yeah. uh, right. we, we wanted to do it and not as a, um, you know, not as a money grab, like not, you know, cause you know, we've been supporting ourselves for the last, you know, 15 years, you know, on doing this. So it, it wasn't like we needed to do it. You right. know, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's like my mortgage ain't going to go unpaid if I don't do a fucking little brother album. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. yeah. But, you know, so, so when it's not motivated by those factors, I think it's really easier to just really focus on the work and making sure that you get it right. So, right. um, so yeah, so that was, that was, I think that was the impetus, man. Like we just, you know, we were feeling good. We was like, yo, this, this feels right. The energy is good. We're good with each other. We have clear understandings of what we're in it for. And, um, and that's what it is. Perfect, man. Perfect. Yo, well, everybody go check out the new album and, uh, Fonte, we just want to say thank you again, man. Uh, Real pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. That was yeah. Really thank great, you for having me. Y'all have the greatest, y'all have the greatest name podcast ever oh man thank, thank you so you. much bro. dad bod rapper nigga i was in the gym today just looking at myself in the mirror like boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, hey what a pleasure it's, man it's thank, 40. You. <laughs> thank you so much man all right man thank y'all for having me man y'all enjoy yourself thank you likewise peace all right peace I want to give a big shout out to um, the producer who supplied the beats for this week's show. The cap goes by the name of Homage CBG, H-O-M-A-G-E, letters CBG. Um, these are all from his album, Unfortunately, and this is available wherever fine beats are streamed. Um, we want to thank him for letting us use his work on this week's show. And this is a reminder that we're always accepting submissions. Send me some beats. The weirder, the better, but not too weird to dadbodrappod at gmail.com I'll get back to you if I think it's going to be a good fit alright guys have a good week thanks to little brother rapper Big Pooh Fonte Dave shout out to Moan peace dadbodrappod